Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former NCAA student athlete and co-host. Subscribe to us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at TheFinalScore35 and TikTok at AGSpartanFan35. Oh, and one more note before we get started. I'd like to apologize to anyone I've not offended yet. Please be patient. I'll get to you shortly. Welcome into the Final Score Network Pod 152. If you hear a little noise in the background, we have a special guest with us. Um, one Moose Magic Gam, his first uh, podcast appearance. He's chewing a bone down here, uh, right behind us. Welcome in, Moose. Good to have you. But all jokes aside, uh, lots to talk about here. Um, Christmas is two weeks out, crazy. Um, college hoops. Running, running wild now. Uh, college bowl season starts this weekend. Um, we'll get some of our picks in. Um, there's way too many. Um, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, let's get to the podium as we always do. Um, I'll go first. I heard this on the radio earlier, um, and it just spoke to me and wanted to talk about it. Um, we've talked a lot about the transfer portal, transfers um, in college football, college basketball. Um and just some of the problems with it, um, as it is super, super ongoing. Um, and it's, I mean, what it opened last Monday, and there's already thousands of names in there. A bunch of these guys probably won't even get in um, to another school, which is sad, but whatever. But on Dusty and Danny in the morning on SiriusXM College Radio, I was listening to that on the way to work, and they're talking about transfers, guys getting sixth and seventh years and stuff, and. You know, Dusty at first was like, oh, you know, they've always been six-year guys, That which was, they're talking about Kurt Warner saying, in quote on Twitter, man, this era of college football is crazy. We have guys playing for six years. When do we get out of this cycle? This That is literally crazy to think about. Just think of that age difference and maturity disparity. And Dusty was saying, oh, you know, they've always been six-year teams, whatever. Yeah, there have been for medical hardships, not guys that are have no other life and they're just going to play football for six years. And now. actually played. Like Bo Nix breaking years. records. Yeah, was he really good the last two years for Oregon? Absolutely. He revitalized his career. He's probably going to be a first or second round NFL pick. But he shouldn't be allowed to be in the record books after being a college starter for five years. And there's Dylan Gabriel's going to... Oregon next year, he will be in college for six years. And they're like, oh, he's going to break the record for game started. Well, no dip. He started since he was a freshman. Uh, it's ridiculous. We've talked about how those records should stand. There should literally, there could be, a, you can be maybe be in there, but there needs to be a star next to on the bottom that says, this man played more than the average, the other college football players from the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000, 2010s. Not, not even an asterisk or a star. Let's do do records for games played in the 10-game era, for the 11-game era, yeah. for the 12-game yeah. era, and you know, 13 if you want to throw ball game bowl games in there, and for the COVID era. Let's do own records because there's no way you can compare Bo Nix to Peyton Manning when Manning played four years. It's not six. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, I hate it. Um, but I thought that was interesting um, and something we've talked about a lot, and it's just a lot of people go to school for seven yeah, years. Yeah, it's called doctors. Uh-huh. Tommy boy. All right, my podium. I mean, if you haven't seen this, you're living under a rock. Patrick, Kermit, Frog, Mahomes, and 
Andy Cheeseburger Reed after the game yesterday against the Bills complaining. I didn't see it real time. Um, you know, of course I saw it because it went viral. The play in terms of the throwback from Kelsey to I think it was Kadarius. No, it wasn't to Tony. It was to whoever it was that scored the touchdown that would have given the Chiefs the lead late in the game. It was a remarkable play. But here's the thing. It didn't count because there was a penalty. And Mahomes, starting with in the handshake, not a good game bro to Josh Allen for you know beating the Chiefs at home, which, by the way, that's two straight losses for the Chiefs now, maybe even two straight losses at home. They've lost at least two. Yeah, they're only going to one-game lead now. They lost to the, to the Lions at home, too. Um, not even a nice game and then just save it for the press conference, which would have been bad enough. He's complaining about that to Allen in the handshake. Like, dude, rewind. You lost on, hey, whether you want to agree it was a good call or a bad call, it was the right call based on the letter of the law last year in the Super Bowl. You beat the Eagles on a play that was, quote, controversial, just like the Bills beat you on a play that was, quote, controversial. But here's the thing. Kadarius Tony was clearly off sides. You don't have to like the rule. I don't have to like the rule that if you you throw to a guy on a choice route and he cuts under and you throw over his head that it's intentional grounding when you're in the pocket, but that's the rule. If you don't like the rule, then lobby for the rules to change at the end of the year. But the fact of the matter is you lost. And oh, by the way, you played like hot garbage for most of that game, so you didn't even deserve to win. You beat a very up-and-down mediocre Bills, or you lost to a very up-and-down mediocre Bills team. That's your fault, not the fault of the refs, not the fault of the play. And hmm, does this ring a bell, Mahomes? Your right tackle, albeit in a loss, who was false starting and offsides himself uh, or lined up in the backfield, so ineligible you know, receiver or too many men in the backfield or whatever you want to call it, against the Lions, what, dozens of times that Every game, right? Every down, passing like, down. The memo here of my podium is STFU, Patrick. You're a whiny little biatch. And Andy Reid, go stuff your face with a cheeseburger. I'm sorry you lost. It was a sweet play, but it doesn't count because you had a penalty. There's lots of plays that don't count in college and NFL football because there's a penalty. Tough shit. Get over it. Get over yourself. In fact, I hope your season implodes and somehow you don't make the playoffs. That's how much I can't stand the whole Swift, Kelsey narrative, the Mahomes crybaby stuff. Cancel. Yeah, love it. All right, tee up. Uh, Ryan and I always like figure out what we want to do here. We're going to talk more about this in one of our spots almost completely, but I'm going to tee up Tom Izzo and the Michigan State basketball team. Why? We could team up for a lot of reasons, but the tee up today is going to be because they didn't go out and replace Julius Marble when he left the program. And instead, you're stuck with what we got. And yes, I get it. Michigan State should be a little bit better when Kohler comes back. But newsflash, he can't play a lick of defense. I'm teeing up Izzo for not going, A, getting a guy that could either play the high pick and roll offense that he's instituted since Xavier and Cassius Winston took over when Xavier took over for Ward. Or that he just didn't find another big that can score in the post. That's your fault, Tom. Nobody else's fault. And my fear is you're going the way of your predecessor in football, Mark D'Antonio, who is a legend and who I love and who I still have his phone number in my phone. But he left a dinosaur because he didn't believe in the portal when everybody else does. 
You could have gone and gotten yourself a good serviceable big guy that could score some points and give you more punch on offense and you chose not to. That's your own damn fault. So I'm teeing you up for complaining about it. Yep, could not agree with you more. All right, it's time for Around the World. Um, let's go uh, college football and some bowl picks here. Uh, okay, so in addition to bowl picks, which we've got a lot of them, a little bit of college football last weekend, a.k.a. Army-Navy. I'm so glad that that is a standalone game on a standalone weekend. The pageantry, the show, the fact that Army won again. I sit down and watch that game every year, and I you know, I love the stories. You know, these are guys that and and girls, not on the football team, but that go to these academies to serve their country. Um, that is so exceedingly rare these days. So to hear their stories of why and you know choosing to play a Division One sport while also going through the grueling rigors of being you know an Army cadet or a Navy midi, um, and it was a great game. Just like last year was the first overtime game, I think. Yeah. This game came down to a stop on the one-inch line. Would have required a two-point conversion. What Navy's coach was thinking going for two when he made it 17 to would have made it 17 to 10 instead of nine. I'm not really sure. Nonetheless, um, over/under fans went crazy if you had the over because the Army took a safety since they had three seconds left in the ball in the one-inch line. Put put the game into the over. Um, don't know what it did in Vegas, but. I know I had the over, so I was pretty happy with that. But that's just, that's, you know, you can say Michigan-Ohio State, best football rivalry. Okay, maybe for meaningfulness of, you know, a race for a national title or it used to be the Rose Bowl in the old days. Um, there's nothing that beats Army-Navy. I'm sorry, there's nothing that beats Army-Navy the way that, you know, you want to hear your alma mater second after the game. Everybody sticks around and honors each other. Um, they battle on the field like crazy, and then they're in arms because they're going to be brothers at war eventually. Um, it's just, it's a spectacle, and it's amazing. You know, and I, th- I believe it was the first time it was in Boston area, too, which was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, that is cool. Very cool. Um, yeah, I did not get to watch it, but um, go Army, baby. Good win. Um, talk about the Heisen real quick. I, I thought it was next weekend. I didn't even know it was this weekend. They they got it right. I, no, I, I would have complained sure. up and down if they gave it to... You know, I think Daniels actually, for that matter, played five years too, maybe. But he did. Regardless, yeah. I mean, he shredded Michigan State as a freshman and a sophomore mm-hmm. at Arizona State, and we saw what kind of talent he had. That dude was crazy. Like, I mean, so I mean, how fast. many yards of total offense and, and over a thousand yards yeah, rushing? Fifty and total touchdowns. Fifty touchdowns and only what, like four four picks? turnovers. Like, I mean, that award. I've said it on the podcast for a long time, especially around award season, is about. The best player, not the best player on the best team. So they got it right this year because Jaden Daniels was flat out the best player in college football this year. Not even close. Knicks put up some impressive numbers. Penix did. Harrison was great. But Daniels, if you take him away from that team, they might go 6-6, six and six, maybe, because they maybe. have a good defense. They have a good, another good quarterback. Well, they didn't even have a good defense. They gave up a ton of points. But he was he was special um, and probably played his way up the NFL draft board, too. Yeah, I've seen this high as top 10 pick. Um crazy um but they did get it right um good for them um just more i was going to do a hodgepodge and talk a little bit about nil nfl draft decisions um i guess we can just jump right into bowl picks if we yeah let's go if you want to do that let me uh pull this up here I'll, I'll look on espn as well to see you know what's what the stadium is all that fun stuff okay. but oh it doesn't say it on this sheet, no it just it? says the game and who's playing in it but uh 
and I want to see the records of these teams or something. I didn't even, I just went off. I can give them to you too. I got it. No, I got, I got it. Here we go. So Saturday, um, by the way, I think every bowl game except for the Sun Bowls on ESPN, some sort of ESPN network. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of that. So we're picking uh That's why there are so many bowls, because ESPN needs to fill their airwaves. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, let's start with the Myrtle Beach Bowl. It's a pretty new one, I think. Yeah, a couple years old, maybe. Six and six, Georgia, Georgia Southern, coached by Clay Helton, um, playing against Ohio, nine and three, had a good season. Um, I'm going I'm going green and white. I, I want Ohio to win. I think they're going to win. This is in Conway over at... Uh, Coastal Stadium. I'm going Georgia Southern. All right, all right. Um, moving on, we're to the R and L Carriers Bowl. That's this one has been around for a while. Um, but in the Superdome. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Jacksonville State versus Louisiana, the Raging Cages. Mission State plays them next year, by the way. Um, Jacksonville State, coached by former Michigan man, not Michigan man, Rich Rodriguez. Um, I'm going with Rich Rod and Jacksonville State, the Gamecocks. They're actually pretty good, and they have a huge marching band. Yes, we saw that at Michigan State once before. Yes. I, I'm I'm also going to go with Jacksonville State in this game. All right. Very nice. Um, all right, moving on to the the Avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl. It's played in Orlando, Florida. This was on. I don't know what Avocados Cure unless it's a hangover from this uh, was, margar- this was Margaritas. This is uh, last year when we were in Orlando was playing. Um, it's at the FBC Morgan Stadium's Appalachian State eight and five playing Miami, um, eleven two. Miami's quarterbacks in the transfer Mac portal. Champs. Um, so I'm not going with Miami. Yeah, I'm going with App State. I'm going App State as well. Um, all right, the Isleta New Mexico Bowl. What the heck is Isleta? Um, makes yeah. no sense. Ten and four New Mexico State versus eight and four Fresno State. Because there's so many bowl games, I'm just gonna interject this. It used to be that it was cool when there were, you know, not forty one bowls, but there were like twenty two bowls. Yeah, exactly. And you would actually go somewhere away from your home. So you could draw yes. your fans. Albuquerque, like, New Mexico. Like I get New it. Mexico New Mexico State, State fans might want to go because it's just down the road. But like there's something like we we went to the then Champ Sports Bowl in Orlando. We that went was the first time we'd gone to a bowl. We went to the time. Citrus Bowl a couple times or the Capital One Bowl or whatever you want to call it um i think it's back to the citrus bowl now but like because it was florida it was a vacation like this is what i miss with 41 games because you're just filling things with five and seven teams in some cases and you're finding the most local teams so they don't have to incur a lot of expense it's kind of ridiculous yeah it's it's quite sad actually um but i'm going in this game i'm going fresno state uh, I'm going to go New Mexico State. I'm going to go with the home New Mexico squad. State's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Their quarterback's good. Remember, he urinated on New Mexico's field earlier in the season? <laughs> I don't before. remember that. Um, all right. This is this is all on Saturday, by the way. The Starco Brands Los Angeles Bowl. Hosted by Gronk. Yeah. SoFi Stadium. UCLA staying close to home playing Boise State, who won their conference and fired their coach. What a and their quarterbacks in the transfer portal. I'm going to UCLA. Yeah, UCLA. They had a disappointing season, but they'll win yeah. this game. Oh, yeah. Then uh, the last game on Saturday, the Radiance Technology Independence Bowl. Didn't Mission State win the Independence Bowl once? Yes. The, it, was the LSU, Poo, right? it was the Pool and Weed Eater Independence Bowl. Oh, yes. Nice, nice. Derek yeah, Mason had a kickoff return for a touchdown in that game. Uh, Cal versus Texas Tech. Denardo was the coach for LSU. That's, that's pretty funny. Cal versus Texas Tech. Uh, I'm going with the Red Raiders in this one. Same. Um, yeah, I think they get it done. Um, that's Saturday starting Monday. 
Well, I don't understand the this famous one. The famous toastery. What's bowl? that? What's know. famous about it? I've never even well, heard I, of it. I, wait, bear with me as I research what famous toastery is. Is that like a? It's a, uh, it's I, a web. It, I'm going with a Red Blob Hill. It's a, it's a restaurant. Famous toastery. I it's a it's a breakfast and lunch place. Hmm, interesting. interesting. Western Kentucky Old Dominion, kind of a fun mid-major game there. I'm going with the Hilltoppers, Sounds like a baby. country band, Battle of the Bands. Hilltoppers, baby. Let's get yeah, it. Yeah, I'm going Hilltoppers. That's well. the only game on Mondays at 2.30. Um, prime time. Because a lot of people are going to see that. How about this one? The Scooters Coffee Frisco Ball. Scooters Coffee is awesome, by the way. UTSA versus Marshall. Oh, you remember back two months ago when everyone wanted Charles Huff to be Michigan State's next coach? <laughs> they suck. UTSA, their quarterback's like 40 years old, but he's really good. I think they're going to win. UTSA. Yeah, UTSA, Roadrunners. All right, Thursday. The RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. South Florida versus Syracuse. Syracuse fired their coach. South Florida um, getting better. First year, uh, Alex Golish, he was at Tennessee as the OC last year, got this job. I'm going with the Bulls, man. They, yep. they run a fun offense. Same, going with the Bulls. Yeah, let's do it. Um, all right, Friday night. Lights, Union Home Mortgage, Gasparilla Bowl in Raymond James Stadium, UCF versus Georgia Tech. Um, Georgia Tech had some good wins this year, but I'm going UCF. Yeah, I'm going UCF. You only picks their quarterback through this year? 15 Georgia Techs did. Yeesh. 26 touchdown passes, 15 picks. Yikes. I'm going with Sounds them. like Noah Kim. I'm going with, no, he'd be like five touchdowns to 30 interceptions. Going with the uh, Knights as well. Next, we have the 76 Birmingham Bowl. Troy, their coach is left for Tulane, um, playing the Duke Blue Devils. The coachless bowl. Well, Manny Diaz is the new coach for Duke. Not for the game. Yeah, I I think that I'm going to go Troy. I think they have a good roster, uh, and it's going to mean more to them um, as a a smaller team. Um, Moose agrees, too. All right, next we have the Camellia Bowl, Crampton Bowl, whatever the hell that is in Montgomery, Alabama. What is that? Like, who cares? Dumb. Arkansas State, coached by Butch Jones, um, playing uh, Northern Illinois. Rocky Lombardi, I think, still. <laughs> I'm old enough to remember when the MAC got one team in the bowl, the Motor City and it was bowl. the California Raisin oh, Bowl. Oh, wow. I'm going to Arkansas State. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I'm going. I'm also team. going with Arkansas State. The Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl, actually a good one here. James Madison, their coach, just left for Indiana. Um, playing Air Force. Air Force was really good to start the year. Kind of, kind of fold a little bit. James Madison, just because they're 11 and one. I'm going with them. Yeah, I got James Madison as well. Next I'm up, searching my thing. I don't think did Army not qualify for a bowl? They went six and six. No, I'm not seeing them on here. Um, I don't know. Maybe because, I don't know. That's a bummer because they could get in instead of Minnesota, but yeah, whatever. stupid. Uh, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl in uh, Boise State. Uh, Georgia State versus Utah State. Uh, uh, let's see. I, I picked Utah State. Utah State. Over under in that game, 61 and a half. That's pretty high. That'd be a fun one. Pretty high there. Um, the 60, what, what is with the 68 Ventures, Ventures Bowl? Hancock Whitney Stadium in Mobile, Alabama. No one cares. South Alabama, Eastern Michigan, South Alabama, because their coach is good. I like that. Yeah. Wamarink or whatever it is. Yeah, South Alabama. This one could be fun. Uh, The SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl. 
We've got Northwestern playing Utah. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Utah, Utah, but it was hard for me to not pick Northwestern. Yeah, Northwestern's been an underachiever all year, and they've they've done well. So I'm rooting for Northwestern, although I'm picking Utah. Scrappy team, man. Um, the Hawaii Bowl, um, easy post. Bummed it's not on Christmas Eve this year because it's a Sunday. But I'm sad that they don't play at the 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 Aloha. Aloha. I don't think that exists. No, I think anymore. It, I think it was like condemned. Yeah, they tore it down. Yeah. Uh Coastal versus San Jose State. I'm going San Jose State. Their quarterback's pretty yep. good. The blue and yellow Spartans. We'll agree. Do, uh, do another uh five here and then we'll be done um until next week for the rest. Um the quick lane bowl. Bowling Green versus Minnesota. Five and seven versus seven five. Minnesota's quarterbacks in the portal. Their offense was terrible anyways. I'm going bowling. Their defensive coordinator's gone. Bowling I'm going Green. I'm gonna pick Minnesota. This is actually one of the only Big Ten games I picked as a win. Because I think they can run it 700 times for 1,000 yards in that game. Serve pro first responder bowl. Texas State versus Rice in-state rifles. Um, Texas State's old quarterback actually was at Auburn, and LSU previously is pretty good. Um, I'm going to go with – who did I pick? I picked Rice. Uh, I don't the Aronis. I'm, I'm going with Texas State. All right. Sounds – Fun. Um, can't wait to watch that. Not um, Kansas versus UNLV in the Guaranteed Rate Bowl, which is at uh, Chase Field in Phoenix, Arizona. Kind of fun. That's like the old inside. UNLV bowl, had a good season. A former yeah, Spartan. Yeah, I'm going Kansas though. Um, yeah. I think Leopold's a really nice coach. Um, I think so too. I think they cap off a pretty decent year with a good bowl victory. All right, a few more here. Uh, the Military Bowl presented by GoBowling.com should be. Yeah, like go bowling as in like actual the game. Tulane, bowling. eleven and two versus uh, Army Tech. should be in this. this yeah, they opinion. should. I'm going Tulane, Virginia uh, Tech. Tulane as well, even though their coach just left. Yep. Um, the Duke's Mayo Bowl, West Virginia, North Carolina. Uh, Drake may just enter the draft. I'm still going North Carolina. I think they're really talented. I think so too. I think West Virginia is actually favored. They're favored by five and a but, half. But I think uh, North Carolina is going to win that game too. North uh, Carolina kind of fizzled as the season went on. Mm-hmm. Last two here, um, the Direct TV Holiday Bowl used to what it used to be the they tried to it was almost the Amway Holiday was, Bowl. And it was Pacific Life for a little bit. Mission State played that. It was the uh, Camp- Washington State, San Diego. Oh no, San, San Diego. Diego that Union. was the Poinsettia Bowl. Yep. Um, but this is between Louisville, fifteenth good season versus USC. They have like no one playing in it. Louisville, all the way. Yeah, I got Louisville as well. Last one, Tax Act Texas Bowl, former Big Twelve foe. Um, Texas A&M playing Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State wants to win after getting crushed in the Big 12 championship. I think they get it done. Um, I agree. I think they get a little Texas payback against Texas's former chief rival A&M, so I'm going Oklahoma State as well. All right, we'll hit you with the other half next week. Um, good Lord, that's a lot of bowls. Too many. Too, too many. Way too many for me. Um but yeah, um, you want to do the the second down presented by, or I'm sorry, spot two presented by. Yep, we'll do spot two and Big Ten Power Rankings, which are back for basketball now, are presented by Norris Sports Group. NSG is a boutique agency of experts with 30 plus years of experience in sports sponsorship and much more. Learn more about them today at norrissportsgroup.com. Big All Ten right. Power Rankings. I'm giving you some Big Ten Power Rankings, and mm. we, don't pinch yourself because this is true. Number 14, Michigan State. Yes, Michigan State is that bad. Oh, they are two. the worst 
team in the Big Ten at this point in time. I've got Iowa close on our heels, also 0-2 in the Big Ten at 13. Rutgers 0-1 in the Big Ten at 12, the only Ophers in the Big Ten. Uh, Michigan is 1-1. One one. I've got them at 11. They beat a bad Iowa team, so they get to sneak a little ahead. They've got some of their own things going on, which is not a surprise. Maybe we'll get to that in this this spot or third spot. Number 10, Minnesota, who actually has played pretty decent at times yeah, this year. Um, they, they, they waxed the very Nebraska team that beat Michigan State yesterday. Uh, number 9, Maryland. Actually, I think that they may be over as well. They're not, no, very, they're one one. They're not very good. Um, eight Penn State pulled off the upset against Ohio State they're over the weekend. Terrible. Seven Nebraska, six Ohio State, five Indiana, and any of those five through fourteen. But here's the funny thing: like Indiana's two and zero. Yeah, but they're. I mean, they played Michigan and who? Maryland. Nobody good. Um, I think the top four teams right now are head and shoulders above the rest. Indiana yes. maybe could sneak into there. Ohio State maybe could sneak into there, but you can't go losing to Penn State and, and be in the head and shoulders group. And I've got number four, Northwestern, number three, Wisconsin, number two, Illinois, and number one, Purdue. And there's a pretty sizable gap between one and two and really between two, three, four. I think Illinois is actually really good. They're really talented. They can score. If they could just play some defense and not make boneheaded plays, um, you know, they had a nice win over FAU. In a neutral game, they battled Tennessee at Tennessee last weekend. Um, they've got some nice players. I think Illinois, they're not all that well coached, but I think that they're the second best team in the Big Ten right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, I can give you mine. I had Iowa actually 14th because Michigan State was as close, but I think I put Iowa lower because they had two blowout losses by double-digit points, um, and one was at home to a bad Michigan team. Um, then Michigan State at 13, uh, Rutgers 12, Michigan 11, Minnesota 10, Penn State 9, Maryland 8, Nebraska 7, Ohio State 6, Indiana 5, Northwestern 4, Wisconsin 3, Illinois 2, Purdue 1. I, I think I described this to you the other day in a text message. It's Purdue, then about a mile of garbage, then Illinois, think Wisconsin. Sha- think Shawshank Redemption. Right. Illinois, Wisconsin, Northwestern, um, and then another – then maybe you lump Ohio State in there. I think they're going to be a good team. And then, you know, another 10 feet of crap. Um, and then, you know, you maybe throw in a Maryland and Indiana um, and Nebraska, then the rest of them. It's terrible. Uh, I will say it's this. It's a bad conference this year. The, Purdue is, and maybe Illinois with matchups are the only two teams that, the, that right now give the Big Ten a fighting chance at a Final Four. And we already know that Purdue can be beaten because people are just going to carbon copy Fairleigh Dickinson's approach last year. Uh, maybe they'll go the Virginia route and lose uh, to a 16 and then win the national championship the next year. Purdue fans would rejoice because they haven't been to a Final Four in an age. But uh, this is not the year that the Big Ten is going to break the spell of a national championship. I'm, I'm just going to break that to you. And I think that in college basketball, we're going to start seeing a lot more Final Fours like we saw last year and a lot less Blue Blood Final Fours because there's a ton of parity. Every team yes. that becomes number one, except for Arizona this week, they crushed Wisconsin. Once they got the number one spot, they they tend to lose. So there's a lot of good teams. There's no great teams. We've kind of said that. And the Big Ten is, the Big Ten is as Very down mediocre. as down as I've seen it at this point in time. It's it's bad. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, a lot can happen from probably 
spot five to spot 14, to be honest, which makes the Big Ten tournament pretty crazy. And maybe somebody's, somebody crazy is going to come out of the Big Ten tournament and make the national, you know, the big dance. But I'm going to go on a limb here and say that I think only six Big Ten teams are going to get in this year. I, I It's the weakest yeah. of the power six basketball. I, mean, I think that here, I'll, I'll, I'll make this prediction now. Mom, you like to track our predictions, Mana. Um Somebody from the Big Ten will win the NIT this year because there's going to probably be five or six teams from yeah, the Big Ten. Yeah, no, I could, I could see that. I mean, yeah, you, you look at the, the landscape of college basketball this year. Look at the ACC. Clemson's ranked. They're undefeated. Virginia's really good. Miami's good. North Carolina's good. Duke is, you know, they're always solid. NC State's good. There's a lot of really solid teams. Every The worst two... The worst three teams in that conference are four and four. Florida State, who was supposed to be at Louisville's four and five, and Notre Dame's four and five, all supposed to be terrible. The rest of the ACC has good record. Um, I see a lot of teams that could be tournament teams. The Big Twelve is always good. Houston, Baylor, Oklahoma, Kansas, BYU, Cincinnati, TCU, Iowa State, Kansas State, Texas, Texas Tech, all very solid teams. That's I mean I see eight or nine tournament teams out of there alone. The Big Ten, we talked about that. Not great. Big East, very top-heavy with UConn, Creighton, Marquette, and um, that's it, right? I mean, those are the only three ranked teams. Butler's actually surprisingly good. Michigan State beat them pretty bad, and they're 82. Michigan State's best win. Definitely their best win. Villanova, weird team. St. John's, weird. It's just an that's an odd conference, but very top-heavy, good teams. Even the Pac-12, Arizona is the only ranked team. Um, but there's uh, Colorado beat Miami by like 30 the other day um, when they were ranked. Oregon's okay. Utah's okay. Um, Washington just beat Gonzaga the other day. UCLA's a little down. USC's a little down. It's a weird college basketball season. Um, I don't even know what to say. It's just I. It's it's gonna be. It's hard to judge now. We'll have to wait until the new year conference play starts when these guys start playing each other to see who's really good. Um, you know, you can have a good day, bad day, but um, just it's going to be a wild season. Well, speaking of wild, some interwebs, you know, banter about what maybe went on at Michigan mm. being a oh, – gee, what, you tell me if you've heard this before. Jawan Howard gets into a fist fight, this time with one of his own coaches, a strength and conditioning coach. So you're telling me that what he did on national TV against the Wisconsin coach – was an anomaly and wasn't who he is and wasn't who Michigan he's from is. Chicago, and yet yeah. he's still doing that, but now with his own coaching staff. My guess is that this comes to light here soon and that he's coached his last game at Michigan. I mean, dude got thrown out of a game when he wasn't even coaching uh, down in the Bahamas. He's got he's got problems. Clear anger management issues. Um, he's not a very good coach anyway. I think it's helpful I think for Michigan. Michigan probably could just cut cut bait, um, ride the season with what they got on the bench and then go out and get another coach and kind of start from scratch. They're they're kind of scratching and clawing. They're 5-5 five and five right now. They've got a team that can, you know, maybe make some noise here and there. They're an NIT team. No different than Michigan State is an NIT team right now. Um, yeah, so there's there's problems coming in Michigan, and it's not just on the football side of things, which it's is pretty interesting. It's but... like grab your Michael Jackson thriller popcorn meme and – and just start chowing down and watch and see how they try to spin it out of the out of the Michigan media mogul, which is the freep and the snooze down there. Well, I, I found this interesting. I, I was reading earlier that it was on M Live an article saying that like there's a lot of uncertainty with Michigan basketball coaching Jawan Howard. Is he the coach? Is he not? 
Um, and apparently they, their director of basketball ops or whatever their who who would it be their like media person basically um, that runs all this stuff basically like quietly put yes Jawan Howard will be returning um, as a full time assistant coach or something like that as usual. That's what his wording was, and and people were full time assistant coach yeah, as usual. That's what it said a couple weeks ago when he came back from his. Thing. And then they asked Phil Martelli in one of his Zoom calls. That obviously, no one watches it because they're they they're not good. But he's like, "Yeah, I don't. I'm not really sure. Like every day it changes. I don't know. Like if I'm going to be coaching or he's coaching, I don't really know. So he doesn't even know. And that's a mess. But it, you, for him, it's a retirement gig. He's getting oh, paid yeah. decent yeah. money. And he's a good dude. I like Martelli. Yeah, I he, think he's, he's a good, good coach too. I think honestly, Michigan fans want to root for Juwan to go away because Martelli gives you a better chance to maybe make some noise and get to the dance. I mean. Flat out, he does. Yeah, it's just, it's a weird situation over there. It has been for a while. Um, I don't know. I think Michigan's better off without him. I agree. Well, the the Big Ten is better off without him, that's for sure. All right, let's move to um, spot three, hodgepodge mailbag. Got a little bit of fun sprinkled in here, too. And I got some questions for you. One from Chris and a couple that I thought of. Ryan, see if you have any that you want to throw out, too. So from Chris, longtime listener, no time caller. Rumor out there that Saban will retire if Bama wins the Natty. I've not seen that, but I don't doubt it because Chris sends me a bajillion TikToks a day and somewhere rooted in some of those is some sports stuff. If he does, who is the heir apparent and can the next coach sustain what Nick built? Who who, who could replace him? Who would want to replace Nick Saban? I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't. I mean, he's had a ton of really good assistant coaches, obviously. It's, it's kind of like the resurrect your career place yeah is it elaine kiffin is it an urban meyer is it i put it this way the only way alabama can sustain what nick built is if they go get an urban meyer because he understands how to win national championships there's just not that many coaches out there that are that good i mean we talked about it over the weeks while michigan state was conducting its search and got smith who you know bleacher report said is the best hire in college football this year there just are not any Nick Saban type names out there like there used to be. Um, you know, it's there. It's right for the taking, right? But I, I, I mean, I think the only coach that could be close to what Nick built would be Urban Meyer, and I don't know that Bama would want him, nor would he want to go there. Although he has SEC, you know, obviously won two Natties at Florida. Um, who else would be the heir apparent? It's got to be somebody from his resurrected. You know, I know, I'm sure Lane yeah, Kiffin well, would stump for it. I'm sure, you know, but. He would definitely try to but go But who it. else? Does does he have anybody on his staff that's an Alabama guy? Not really? I mean, obviously. I mean, Dabo went but, there. You know, it's not going to be him. They've been really average since they don't have, you know, generational quarterback at, at their helm. That's a really great question, Chris. I mean, I think, I think. Honestly, I would if I had to put money on it now, and if Vegas was putting odds on it, I'd say Urban Meyer would be the name. I think that's a Let's long shot, but he's sixty. I so. think he's the one that could sustain what Nick built, though. And he, you know, if his know. health held up, I think he'd have another ten years or so. But remember, before Nick, I mean, they had like Mike Price for a hot second until he got busted at a strip club, and you know, like they had some they had some bad runs before Nick. Um, so it's going to be a tall task to replace him and they're going to come back to earth for a little while, unless it's somebody like urban. And there's just, uh, frankly, there's just nobody else like him out there. No. They're, they're just, he's isn't. one of one. Yeah. He's, he is an absolute unicorn. So, all right. Next question out there. Thoughts on the new golf 
ball rollback. I don't. I mean, I don't, I don't really know much. About here's the it. thing: is what I've seen is the yardage doesn't even impact the pros very much. We're talking like five to seven yards off the tee and a little bit lower ball flight. Like, so, so what? Um, the go- the golf ball companies didn't get to weigh in on it at all, which I think is super interesting. Um, I just don't see it's going to be that big of an impact. I mean, I think it's. I get why they made it universal because why have different balls for amateurs versus pros and amateurs who actually play like in, you know, events, amateur events where you would need a rollback ball and things like that and what's conforming and what's not conforming and it's all confusing and blah. It's already you have to play the same brand of ball every time you play. Like there's too many rules to go with the ball. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think it's just something to talk about um, personally. Yeah. I, I think it was Rory didn't really care that much about it. I mean, no. he's kind of, He's kind of who you look to for these types of things. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a big deal. In fact, I read, or maybe Chris, you shared it with me or something, is that courses are being made shorter than they were 5, 10, 15 years ago to begin with. So, um, you know, it's not like you're gonna, they're going to make courses longer and the ball goes shorter. So I, it really net-net is pretty even. Yeah. Staying in the, in the world of golf, thoughts on Rom to the Live Tour? Of, it's funny because he's like, all right, yeah, screw it, whatever, all those jabs at it. Of course, you know, it's all about money. Yeah, it's oh, no shot. Uh, shotgun's not real golf. Three days isn't real golf. Not being able to play against guys, not real golf. Team golf, not real golf. Look, Rory kept pretty apolitical um, when I asked it, obviously, about well, it a I just lot. Find it, I just find it funny that Rory was all, oh, you know, I hate Liv. No, they shouldn't be allowed to play. In but the, now he's stumping yeah, for them to play in the Ryder Cup right, because, because he Rom. even said, he said, if if Rom can't play in the Ryder Cup, Europe is toast. Um, look, some there's lots of stuff going on behind the scenes that we're not privy to, whether the leagues come back together or whatever. I, I don't know. I you can call it building the game, all the talking points. These guys become robots as soon as the lives got them by the short and curlies. I am not a fan of anybody taking money from the freaking Saudis. I don't care. Like, especially be a man of the of your word. If money doesn't matter to you, which is what Ram said, is I live comfortably how it is. The other things are more important. Then stay the course. You know, oh, but they sweetened the pot from 300 to 500 million or whatever it was. And so that made the difference. I mean, come on. If you're that good, you're earning more generational money playing golf on the PGA Tour than it matters. Like, what are you going to do with $500 million? You're not going to give it back to anybody. What are you going to, you're going to help launder Saudi money? Like, I have a real problem. If you want to be honest out of the gate and say, you know what? I don't think I can make ends meet and win the kind of money that I need to on the PGA Tour, so I'm taking the money. Good for you. Tell the freaking truth, but don't lie. And don't lie and say, I reserve the right to change my mind when you do change your mind. Like, you can't say those things and disparage it and then go be it. So, Rom, go away. Go away with DeChambeau, with Bryce, you know, with all these other guys. Go. Leave. I don't care. I just want to watch good golf. I don't care if it's a guy I never heard of. I just want to watch good golf. Because guess what? All the guys in the PGA Tour are good. They might not all be stars, but maybe the next star comes up because you left. Yeah. That's all I ever know. All right, here's another one. We'll we'll get political here. Thoughts on FJB never going to an Army Navy game? He's unpatriotic. We knew that. I think that's a disgrace. Um, Obama, I think, is one of the other presidents that never went. Surprise, surprise, because he's probably related to this. I think it's a disgrace. These are the people that you're, you know, you're asking to defend your country, and you can't even show up for a football game. Of course, Joe Biden can't even complete a regular sentence on his own either. So. 
not a real surprise, but I think it's a disgrace, just like the presidency is right now in this nation is a disgrace. What he's doing and what the whole political scene is is a disgrace. All right, did you have any questions for Hodgepodger Mailbag? Yeah, nothing. All right, I got a, instead of a bracket, I got a little Christmas this or that game to play. Candy canes or peppermint bark? Oh, bark. Yeah, bark. Bark all day. You touch yourself on those candy canes. You know, you're a they're good. They're good, though. Real tree or fake tree? Um, I mean, I like a real tree, but fake's easier to take care of. You know, the, the needles. Don't yeah, fall. you know, I grew up on a real tree. We used to have a real tree. Figured out, you know, allergies is the reason why we got rid of it because Rachel, but um, figured out my allergies are a lot better without it. There's something simple to a fake tree, plus I can put it up as early as I want in November and not worry about it dying and whatever else. Right. So I can definitely, I love the purpose of a real tree, but I'm okay with a fake tree. So I'm going to I'm gonna play middle of the road there myself. Colored lights or white lights? Colored. All right, so we've, we cut in the middle because I go year over year or different. In our house, we have these cool LED lights with like 12 settings from Amazon that we just got this year. Kristen saw them on a Costco tree. That tree was like a thousand dollars, and said I found the lights that were on that same tree that were twenty one dollars on Amazon. And one of the settings is white to dull color to bright color back to white. So it's the best of both worlds. And for the first time yeah. ever at this house, we always make a palm tree out of our weeping cherry green, you know, white trunk green branches. Uh, this is the first year in 21 years at our house we went with all colored lights outside. So I'm team colored lights right now. Yeah. Although we have white lights over the mantle. Uh, Rudolph or Frosty? Rudolph. I knew your answer would be that because you don't like Frosty. I I'd go with Rudolph too. Um, old time music, we're talking like Bing, Andy. Old's way better. Whatever, than or new Daniel. stuff. No. I mean, maybe like a Michael Bublé is as good as the new stuff, but he's better. singing the classic stuff. Yeah, old time, all day, every day. Got my 1972... You know, Christmas album, found it, made it myself, made a playlist of it myself when I found it out online. Um, love it. Listening back to that brings back memories. Frosted Christmas cookies or snickerdoodles? Snickerdoodles. In, in honor of the Ryan and Taylor special snickerdoodles they made. Snickerdoodles are good, but there's something about a good frosted Christmas cookie. Um, snow and a white Christmas or warm and a sandy Christmas? Uh, classic snow. I mean, I'd love it to be warm if it was warm consistently here, but the snow is pretty on Christmas. That's yeah. all, the only snow I need all year. Yeah. Give me a white Christmas. I'll love a white Christmas. Goes with the song, goes with living in the North all these years. But after that, like sitting, sitting by the fireplace, having coffee after the gifts are open and watching the snow fall outside peacefully. It's great. Um, but as I get older, warm and sandy Christmas starts to sound pretty good. Right, Chris? Uh, and last prime ribbed. Or a tenderloin slash tenderloin or a ham slash turkey? Oh, not even a question. Prime rib. Yeah, prime rib, tenderloin, absolutely. Uh, we do the turkey on Thanksgiving. You can do ham at Easter. Prime rib or tenderloin, it is. Now a word from our presenting sponsor, Team Anders Realty will help you find the home that fits in your wants and needs. And they make the process simple and fun along the way. The Anders have served thousands of clients for 30 plus years in the West Michigan area and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. All right, spot four. We're going to call this State of MSU Hoops and Football. So let's talk quickly, Ryan. Um, we kind of have our, we talked about it a little bit last week late. We have our keeper, see you later, Mr. Ellis List that yeah. we have going with Michigan State uh, Transfer Portal. 
Um, let's talk coaching hires, key recruits, a um, couple of news pieces today. Two good offensive linemen that I'm glad came Starters. back. Boyd and, and Baldwin came back, um, took themselves out of the portal. I think that's good to build depth. I'm excited about this new offensive line coach. Yes. Uh, it sounds like Jordan Hall is probably going to come back. He posted something you know, pretty telling on uh, Instagram, I believe it was, mm-hmm. the other day, if, as much as you want to believe that. Um, trying to think of anybody else that's come back. No car left, whatever. Yeah, you know what? Smith said something in his press conference, which was low ego, high output. See you later, Mr. Ellis to Carr, because he is high ego, mediocre output at best. Um, Levitt, not a surprise. He left because he was going to leave, went to Arizona State. Uh, although they, Dave Dauber pointed out they have a five-star freshman that played a lot this yeah, year for them. So it'll be interesting. That, but... um, you know, we've had a couple of others. Pleasantly surprising. It means that the recruiting wasn't complete dog, you know what. Um, some guys that have gone to Power Fives, but uh, we shall see what else happens there. But it's kind of a good thing that some of these better players are, are opting back in with Michigan State. Um, you had Jacoby Winmon that opted to hit the transfer portal. 60-year guy, like whatever. Hurt most of the time, doesn't matter. Once since last week, I think Darius Snow back. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. A legacy guy. Glad to see him come back. He, was, he was on the keep list. You know, obviously, he had a pretty devastating injury a couple years ago. He'd probably never be quite be the same, but he's a tried-and-true Michigan State guy. His dad was a great point guard. His uncle was a great linebacker. So glad to see him come back. I think the next key is, uh, can we start flipping some guys now that we got a defensive so. coordinator? Yep. Uh, will Aiden, don't call me Jackie Childs, um, you know, commit out loud, inevitable. please. Uh, the sooner you do, the better it helps our recruiting News today, Hawkins retained, which we expected as a wide that's receiver good. coach. That's big. Bring some staff continuity. Still no word on Harlan, which I assume is going to be yeah, up to Rossi, who is the new defensive yeah. coordinator. Poached him from Minnesota. Young. Had, some, had some good success there, 44 years old. That's been what you know has made Minnesota pretty successful the last few years is their defense. Thank the good Lord above, he runs a 3-4 which Michigan State hasn't run in an age, but a 3-4 and not a freaking stupid 4-2-5. So if you want to make one of those fourth linebackers a semi-hybrid, kind of nickelback type of guy, fine, because then you still got three other good linebackers. That's going to help Michigan State drastically. I think it's going to flip that kid from Gaylord, who was a Minnesota yep. commit. Pretzloff, yep. Yep. Um, Smith obviously hired a lot of his old, his old guys, um, yep. on a lot of offensive continuity. I think things are starting to fall into place. I'm really happy with how things are going, and it's funny how – all football season, we couldn't wait for basketball, and all basketball season, now we can't wait for football. You know how the tables have turned. Any other news? No, on no. Happy Spartan with football. With front? Football um, should be an interesting, you know, next ten days up until signing day, because um, probably flip some guys, get some guys from the portal, um, and, you, know, you know, maybe turn over a roster and get you to a bowl game next year. Then twenty twenty five, you can maybe start thinking closer to double digit wins. That'd probably be the goal. Um, yeah. Develop some guys and you know get good, get good again. Yep. Um, that's future. I think rock bottom is gone. We're quick. We're gonna rise out of the ashes. Um, and we'll get there. Take some time. But we'll Att- attitude alone, I think, will help. You know, yeah. Attitude alone. New voices. New attitude alone would have helped blood. Michigan State beat Rutgers. Attitude alone would have probably helped Michigan State beat Iowa or even Minnesota and and had a seven and five season. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, those are swing games. I, I'm, you know, look, would we have gotten Smith had we done that? Who knows? So it all works out for a reason. But, uh, you know, that whole low ego, high output, I'm all about that because that was very much a D'Antonio thing. And I, I like how Smith is quietly going about it. There's not a whole lot of boasting and bragging. That's all Mel was, smoking cigars, drinking chasing bourbon ladies. and chasing women um, and, and gloating about it and getting nothing as a result of it. So um, now let's go to the negative side of things, which is Michigan State basketball and first i I gotta throw some fun facts out there this will just tee us up first to start the week last week the first now three game losing streak to wisconsin since 1961-63 home losing streak uh yes sorry first loss to nebraska in seven years yesterday worst first nine game start in tom Izzo's 29 seasons tied with his first team in 1995 which was not a very good team because they lost fire and ice going into that. And the 2002-03 team. Worst preseason top five start since 2004 MSU in, I think it was 1980 or 86 Louisville. They're 12th in the Big Ten in offense. They're 10th in field goal percentage. They're 12th in three-point shooting and threes made. They're 12th in free throw shooting percentage. They're 10th in rebounding, 11th in offensive rebounding, 9th in margin, barely a board barely a half a board more a game than their opponents, and 11th in combined opponent rebounds. Now, there are some bright spots. Their defense actually checks out pretty decently um, in some things, although if you watched the Nebraska game last night, they back cut the hell out of Michigan State like it was the Princeton offense. Um, just lazy. Just inexcusable. A lazy team. And, Ryan, I'll let you go on a little bit of your thoughts as a former player, and then I actually gave some nine games and grades to players that you can react to after you yeah. you take the podium here. Yeah, it just it's it's really hard because, like you said, we expected greatness. Um, you know, going after we were old, sold on greatness by Izzo. Horrible, himself. yeah, a guy that never hyped up his team, never buys the. He bought the press clippings. And he knows bad. And he says, "I've gone soft." He said that so many times this year. I need to do that. Tom, I'm sorry. You are the greatest coach that we put your money have. where your mouth is, Tom. You're gonna end up probably being you and Bobby Knight are the two best Big Ten coaches of all time. I'm but sorry. He's gonna leave the program in the state that Mark D'Antonio. Yeah, did. it's just. And I love Coach D, and I love everything Coach D did, and I love the fact that Izzo's been to eight Final Fours and he won a national championship. But damn it, that's not enough. That's no, not a, enough. I, I, Thirty-one and thirty in the last four years in the Big Ten in Big Ten play. That's that's un, that, that's ridiculous this is michigan state we're not we're not freaking wake forest okay this is michigan state um a blue blood program um yeah it's tom tom's assistants let him down absolutely dane fife Dwayne stevens some bad recruiting from 2018 until 2020 some really the 2018 class the only one that panned out was aaron henry he was still a bit of a basket case the rest not good 2019 Who's the best player in the class? Malik Hall, and he's not that good. Um, Rocket Watts transfer. Julius Marble transfer. Rocket Watts has transferred like four. Twenty twenty. AJ Hogard um, and and Madi Sissoko were your two gets in that class. Think about that for a second. Bad, <laughs> really, really bad. Um, and then you know it's kind of come back to life a little bit. But you look at the future. Michigan State has not had a true good center since Xavier Tillman um, in. 2019-2020. And he really only came in. I mean, he was a good role player until Nick Ward got hurt. And then Tom Izzo changed his offense to be a high pick and roll offense because Xavier, A, was a hell of a roller. And B, could hit a 16-18 really footer. And he was a good passer. And he was a really good passer. 
Cooper and Sissoko can't hardly catch the ball, let alone hit a jump shot, let alone can't roll. They can't do anything but, but throw down an alley-oop off of the off the pick and roll. It's too easy to defend. I mean, so as quickly as he changed that midseason to go to that, he's stubbornly stayed with that. That's the other thing. It's yeah, like, there's no it's like there's no you know, Coach D stuck with assistants that, you know, Valenti would have called the good old boys club or the, you know, the church friends or whatever. That's what Izzo's doing, it seems like. And also at the same time, he's running the same stale offense. While Nebraska's back cutting the hell out of us, we're standing around waiting until the end of the shot clock and chucking up an NBA three and hoping it goes in or that we get an offensive rebound. Number one, teams out-rebound Michigan State too much anymore for that to be reliable. Like, that used to be reliable when Michigan State wasn't a great shooting team but could get the rebounds, scrap, and get putbacks. Who oh. does that anymore? Nobody. Car, Nobody on Michigan Car, State. maybe Car, once maybe. a game. You know, Hall, maybe once a game. That's about it. So, like, I, I – look, I, I'm going to give you some grades. Ryan, I'll let you react to them and give me your thought on the grade. And then I want to talk about realistic, best, worst, and probable cases for Michigan State the rest of the way. So, yeah. the only player that I'm giving a good grade to because I think he's done everything that we asked him to do. He plays both ends of the floor. In fact, he's probably being asked to do too much because he's – frankly, he's a little smaller compared to other guys and his situation is Walker. Like, he didn't have a very good shooting night last night, but he still scored double digits. Yeah. He's second or third in the Big Ten in scoring, and he he's reliable to play good defense. He doesn't cheat and cut under on screens. No, he's, he defends. He's he gets pretty, up in the grill. He gets good. some steals. You know, he doesn't get as many assists, but that's because he's got to be he's got to score so much. I give him a, I'll give him an A. I I mean, I think he's on track to have a respite type senior year, but the problem is, is he's got no support. Yeah, I agree with that. He's been he's been solid. I mean, he's our best player without a doubt. Hogard, a lot of people might disagree with me with this. I'm giving him a big fat D. If he shows up on offense, it kind of gets him up to a C a little bit. You know, he'll have some assists. He'll have some buckets. Last night he shot the ball a little bit better. His defense is atrocious. It's terrible. He's lazy. He doesn't. He he's he's six freaking four. Like he should be a versatile defender. He doesn't defend. He doesn't rebound. He. He lets it go as his offense goes. Last night, Ryan, you watched the game. I did not because we were out from you know, my mom's birthday. He and Hall are laughing during a stretch of the game. Like, this team just doesn't take it serious, and that comes from the top, and that's Hogard. He's supposed to be the leader as the point guard, and he is the furthest thing he's that Michigan idiot. State has ever had as a leader. I'm giving him a D, and he's lucky to get a yeah, D. I mean, yeah, he, his offense has picked up the last two games, but he, he doesn't play defense. I mean, this is... The end of last year. It's team, not an either or for me. You need to play no, both. I mean, he. The only way Mission State's going to get to an NCAA tournament is by defense turning into offense, not offense turning into defense. They're not going to outscore, outshoot teams. They're not. They're not good. Not enough. without a good inside game. They need to play defense and win. You know, the turnover battle, win the rebounding battle, which they haven't. The actually the turnovers have been probably the lowest they've been in a while. Yeah, they don't, they don't push the they're ball. They're not really turning the ball over as much, but yeah, they're not. They can't get key rebounds and key stops when they need to. Akins, I'm giving a D as well. Look, I think he at least plays a little bit harder than Hogard. But if his offense shows up, his defense disappears, and if his defense and rebounding is good, his offense is a no show. He can't walk and chew gum at the same time right now. I don't know if he's in his own head. Yeah, what? I don't know. That's um, weird. You know, I think he's salvageable. I don't think Hogard is. I frankly, I've said this a million times, whether it's on the podcast or to my friends, I wouldn't care if Hogard hit the portal tomorrow. You can at me all you want. Yeah, but last year, last year, that was last year. Uh, show me this year. He's a senior. 
this is inexcusable. Aikens, I think, can can come back and I think honestly holds the keys. If Michigan State wants to make something of this season, like to scratch out like a 19-12 and 12 type of season, barely get into the NCAA tournament, it's going to have to be with Aikens. Walker's going to do Walker, but he needs support, and Aikens is, is most likely the guy. Sissoko, I'm giving a D. Look, I, I give him credit for trying – He's, he's just he's a he's been a project since day one. He's terrible. He's got he's elbows terrible. for hands. He um Fouls he just makes yeah, he just makes I mean he makes Al Anagane look like a ballerina on defense. Like and Al picked up a foul a, a second. I, I Sissoko out fouls him, it it feels like. What's gonna happen when fortunately they don't play Purdue but once and not until March, but what's gonna happen when he goes against Edie? He's gonna foul out in three minutes. Like he just he's just not good. He's like, I, I I give him credit. He's a he's a story of a guy that is not a U.S. citizen, so he can't take NIL money, and he's building schools in Mali and whatever. Noble guy. I have no problem with him as the person, but as Michigan State starting center, that right there, instead of a Julius Marble or an equivalent to Julius Marble, is why Michigan State sucks right now. It just it yeah. It's, it's a it's, it's a case. nothing burger. It's the case, and and we'll go right to Cooper. Look, Cooper is what Cooper is, and if Cooper got to be what he is. He'd be a like a solid B for me, but because he has to be more, he's a C C plus for me. Like he's never gonna be a, a threat to score. Maybe four or five points a game off rebounds and putbacks and get to the foul line a little bit. You know, he's a good offensive rebounder, I'll give him that. He's a decent ball screen defender, but he's not a 25 minute a game guy. And no. he's being forced to be a 25 minute a game guy, which is again why Michigan State sucks because he's not a 25 no, he's minute. He's a 10 minute. A game. He's a 10 minute, 12 minute, get in foul trouble guy that can give you some energy or whatever. It's not his fault, but right, like he's he's limited and he's doing the best with his limits. So that's why I give him a little bit of a, a curve, I guess, and a C plus. Hall has played well. He played well last night. Look, he's another guy that when he plays well, it usually, although his best games Michigan State has lost. Um, I give him a B plus. I give him a little bit of benefit of the doubt. I think he's limited. He, he cannot shoot it like Hauser could. He should not shoot threes anymore. I don't care if, if he has a 10-foot wide open gap. He should not shoot anymore threes. I still wouldn't get it off. He's got a good turnaround game. He needs to do what he's good at, which is play some defense, get some hustle points, get some big plays down low, scrap, claw. When he does that, he's a B-plus player. When he tries to do really things well that he shouldn't, night. when he tries to do things he shouldn't, he's a D player. So I'm going to give him a B plus. I think that's probably a little overinflated at this point in time, but I'll give him a little bit of benefit of the doubt. Holloman, I'm going to give a B again. He's a, he's a guy who's not supposed to be a stud 25, 30 minute a game point guard that scores 12 points. He can score a little bit. He's actually got a he's improved his jump shot quite a bit. He's a, he's a pretty good passer. He's a good assist guy. He generally takes pretty good care of the ball, and he's a good defender. He makes some mistakes still as a sophomore, but his mistakes are out of hustle, which I'll, I'll give him credit for, um, and I won't discredit him for. But the thing is, is he knows he's another guy. He has a role in the team. His role is not to be a guy that makes four or five threes a game like he did a few weeks ago. His role is not to be an eight assist a game guy. His role is not to be a 25 minute game guy. He's like a 16 to 18 minute, give you some good minutes, pick you up on D, get a couple cool buckets, make a couple nice passes, play some good defense kind of guy. He's a role player, but he's having to fill in because Hogard sucks. And Hogard doesn't play his role as the star. So that's that's where I've got Holloman coming in. 
Fears and Carr as freshmen, I'm giving both B pluses. I, I, my biggest gripe, and you've heard me say it here, and my friends have heard me say it ad nauseum, is play them more. I don't care. Fears had turnovers last night. I don't care. Put him in the game. He plays hard. He plays with abandon. He's got leadership ability. He's got an it factor that that Hogard certainly doesn't have. I would rather lose and get to the NIT and build fears for the future than watch him sit there and watch Hogard, who is not better than him, play over him. Yeah, I mean, and same with Carr. Carr, Carr's got to develop some things, no question. But he gives energy. He gets after the glass. He had a great pin block last night. He actually hit a mid-range jumper again. He's obviously a human highlight reel. Play him more, and for God's sake, play Booker. I don't. Izzo said, yeah. guys, lay off. Book's not the answer. He's not the answer in your book. But Tom, if you don't play him, he's going to transfer. If he's really as good as the recruiting pundits say. Let him play. Let him make mistakes. Even let him play. How, how can minutes? he be? How can he be worse? He hasn't played the last two games. He's a DNP the last two games. How can he be worse than Sissoko or Cooper? Okay, maybe he is worse on defense, but he can score. Yeah, at least can stretch the floor and bring people out. But I'm going to give Booker an incomplete because he doesn't get the play, and Kohler obviously is an incomplete because he hasn't played it. And anybody who thinks that Kohler is going to turn this team around. He You're smoking you weed. Six points. He can give you six points, but he's not going to be plus on the floor. He's not a good defender. He, he's, yeah, he's good in the post, but he's an undersized good post yeah, guy. He's not going to be in good shape either. He's like your lunch league dude that you look at and go, yeah, I'll guard that kind of chubby guy, and then he schools you. That's that's Kohler. And by the way, he's not going to be in game shape until February because he's a big guy and he hasn't practiced in weeks. So for me, realistic best, worst, probable case. Best case is something like a 19 and 12, 20 and 11 type of season. Worst case, honestly, is like 16 and 15 and barely scraping into the wow, NIT. That's, that's and probable worse. case is, I think, is like 17, 18 wins and getting the NIT. I, I don't see anything week over week that shows me. And Michigan State has Baylor this weekend. And then they play a pretty decent Oakland team on a short turnaround. Then they play Stony Brook, who they should win. And then they play Indiana State, who's who's got this dude that wears rec specs that's going to absolutely school us and might send us out with another Breslin non-conference loss to end end the 2023. Yeah, I mean, and then you've got the Big Ten. Uh, It's not good. It's not looking good. All right, moving on to spot five. We'll we'll make this quick. Ryan's got more to say here with the Lions. NFL, I got my piece out with the Chiefs. Uh, Eagles are a mess right now. They got smoked the last two weeks yeah, in a row. Yeah, they're not looking great. All of a sudden, the Cowboys are in the driver's seat for like the two seed. San Francisco's in the driver's seat for the one. Lions are comfortably in the three seed, but man, they got to be careful because they're playing like they're a playing bit of hot garbage right now. I'll get to them last. Um, and the AFC is starting to kind of come into shape with Baltimore really dominating. Hell of a way to win that game on a punt return for. Walk yeah, off Baltimore's good. Baltimore's really good. Um, I mean, how about this? The Bengals with a backup quarterback. And guess who was his coach in college? Coach Jonathan Smith. Nice. Jake Browning um, resurrected the Bengals. They're 7-6, and six, um, trying to get in the playoffs. The Jags la- going into um, last week um, were the were in, in control of their own destiny to be the one seed in the AFC. They're 8-5 and five now. Um, after the loss of the Browns. The Browns playing with Joe Flacco as their quarterback. It's hilarious. Um, Texans got smoked by the Jets. Um, how about Vikings beating the Raiders 3-0? Tied for the lowest joke. scoring game ever. Joke. Seahawks have fallen off. They're 6-7. They've been dinged up. But, good Lord, Bills trying to make that playoff comeback. 
Um, the Broncos trying to as well, 24 to 7 win over the Chargers. Chargers are dead. Um, Staley's got to be gone, right? I mean, oh, bad. Yeah, Herbert's probably out for the season. Speaking of bad, talk about the Detroit Lions. Um, nine and four. Um, and you know, just looking at this record and be like, wow, that's really good for the Lions. Yeah, nine and four is good. The way the Lions have played ever since the Chicago game, um, when they came back and hardly won, it's bad. They're trending in the absolute wrong direction. They've regressed. Jared Goff is... Amon Ra's dropping passes all I mean, of a sudden. Well, it starts with Goff. Um, it starts with Hutchinson, who sucks. Goff on, on offense has as many turnovers as touchdowns in the last, whatever, six games. He's played terrible. He's inaccurate. Um, he can't move, which we knew. He's very slow. I thought he was Kurt Warner with a glove, throw, glove on the throwing uh, hand just, yesterday. He sucks. He's really bad. The Lions run game. Gibbs and Montgomery have been awesome. The line is dinged up. I think if they get Ragnell back, they can. Just, I'd run the ball every play, honestly. Yeah, or get it to Laporta. Laporta's been really good. Amon Ra has been a stud. The last few weeks he has not played well. Um, had a few drops. Um, Reynolds has been solid. Raymond's okay. I mean, just, the offense right now looks out of tune. Only 260-some yards the other day. That's awful. Here's you're not going to win so. any games with that. It doesn't matter who you're playing. Hutchinson screwed up the, two, the last two touchdowns that the Bears had. I'm telling you, he's we've been selfish. saying it. He's selfish. He overruns the play. He doesn't have contain. I either in the off season they need to go get somebody to go against like Kaminsky. I if you give me a choice and I get the pick first, I'm picking Kaminsky over Hutch. I'm sorry, you can say well, but Hutch has all these pass pressures. He well, should. The he's the number two pick in the draft. Where are the sacks? He's a selfish idiot. Yeah, he sucks, and it's, the lines are banged up on the D line linebacking. They're not good. I'm sorry. The secondary, I, I don't think it's as bad. I don't think Jerry Jacobs is good, but I don't think the secondary is as bad as they make them seem. There's no pass rush. I mean, you can't, you can only guard guys for so long um, and keep them in front of you. So um, it's bad. They got to get healthy. Um, Broncos this weekend, then Minnesota a couple times in Dallas. I mean, you go two and two, you probably win the division. You go three and one, you definitely win the division. I think they can go three and one. I think that the Broncos are a bit of a paper tiger, but they've been playing well and they have confidence and they're well coached um, by Sean Payton, Dan Campbell's old mentor. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, hopefully, I, I think the Lions will make the playoffs, but I, I, I need a North Division title. I need to host a playoff game. Please, mm-hmm. for the love of God, you haven't won the North ever. Please do it. All right, let's go sprint. Let's finish this out. Um, going to the, the officiating problems that have been having in the NFL all year. Do you think that the referees should be just become professional and have that as their only profession? Yes. I agree. I had this question here. We already did it. Colored or white lights? Um, we already said that colored. So oh. that knocks one off. Um Will the Pistons break the all-time losing record this season? Oh, man. What's the record streak for losing streak? Because they've lost like 19 be in a row. Worst NBA record. They might. <laughs> they might. They're bad. I don't care about the, the NBA the at all. The Bobcats but. in 2011-2012 went 7-59. I think it's possible. They're 2-whatever, 20. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. And how about this? Hardest remaining schedule in the NBA the rest of the season. They're awful. 
It's not good. In honor of George Costanza and Jerry Seinfeld, what's the best gum flavor? Chinese gum. <laughs> Spearmint. Yeah, mine too. That's my favorite. Always has been. If right. I'm going to go otherwise, I'm going to go Hubba Bubba Grape. Ooh, yeah, that's another or good Big one. League Chew Grape. Big League Chew. doesn't chew. last for very long. Yeah, but... yeah, two chumps and mm-hmm. it's gone. Um, that's 152. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Let us know if you have any questions you want us to discuss, any topics um, for HodgePodge Mailbag. Um, but, yeah, stay warm out there, folks. It's getting a little cold. Watch some football, basketball. Um, it's a good time of year. Um, Get your shopping in. On. Yeah. Get those gifts. Meanwhile, as once said by someone wise, you have to hate losing more than you like winning. And that, my friends, is the problem with this Michigan State team. They don't fear losing. They don't care if they lose. They don't hate losing. If PPTPW, which if you didn't know, is players play, tough players win, as Izzo says, we have our answer for how this season will go. (laughs) 